When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. I want to talk today about how important air is because I'm in Colorado. Oh, I was wondering where we're going with this. Okay, yeah. Oh, I was at night. I was at 10,000 feet for two days. You were some rarefied air there. Apparently, the the lack of air has gone to my brain. You sound a little strange. Yes. And, And again, the purpose of the program is to help you with whatever issue you have around your finances. And... The reality is a lot of the information, most of the information that you get from, I hate to say it, from radio, from television, from writing, is self-interested. It's written by people who want to get you to do something that will make them more money. Is there a more powerful word than self-interest? There's got to be one because it's certainly not anywhere near the client's best interest. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot. So, I mean, the the reality is we want to help you understand. You, You mentioned the other word, the operative word there, the business. The business of money is uh, it's it's not often designed to help your money. It's often to help the other guy's money. That's the reality. And we've got some topics today to, that will show that once again, that uh, that sadly, the money that others charge you to take care of your money ends up meaning that you end up with less money. Is that enough monies in, in one topic sentence there? So we want to help you understand that all better. I, and I also want to mention one other thing. I was down in Tacoma on Thursday night, had a great audience out. Uh, for my class down there. I want to thank you all for coming. We'll be back again soon. You know, we have an advisor now that's uh, in Lakewood, beautiful Lakewood, Washington. So he's there regularly. So we're going to start to do more events in the South End. In fact, we have a huge one coming up in October. So our goal always is whatever age, whatever circumstance, whatever item comes up for you, we're here to help you make better decisions about all this. Sometimes we can help you stop from making a bad decision before you already have. Sometimes you already made it. So what? We had the woman who was at the class on Thursday, I bought this annuity and I wish I hadn't. And not, and I said, but you did. And now the key is to figure out what to do next and how to make your money work harder for you. We had some great news last week or week four last, yeah. or whenever it was that we forgot to mention last week. Almost two weeks uh, ago. There is a there's a magazine out there called FA or Financial Advisor Magazine. Indeed. And they rank all of the registered investment advisory firms in America for growth. By, for growth. Well, growth they and also size. rank them for the size yeah, how, of the various and firms. And that is how much, the temp, yeah, how much money they are managing. Correct. Right. And and we found uh, uh, there there's this little firm in the Puget Sound region in the Seattle market uh called Vestory and it turns out that of all of the reg- Registered investment advisory firms in the Pacific Northwest, which this includes what states? Vestry, what state? Does that, that includes that includes Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, uh, all those. Alaska, you know, Idaho, uh, Alaska includes Alaska. Okay, absolutely. Well, now I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> 
the number, the fastest growing firm in the Pacific Northwest in 2016. In 2016, this little firm called Vestry. It's a big deal. It's the 26th fastest growing firm in America. Yeah, you know, somebody at work actually said, "So you're you're number one in the Northwest. Uh, What are you going to do?" And I said, "When I'm number one in the nation, then I might take the afternoon off. But until then, keep going. Get back until then. We're we haven't we haven't reached our goal. Anyway, that's a big deal. We want to thank our clients for that. Pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of them listen. Yeah, we want to thank all our clients. Yeah. By the way, that's our firm. That's the one that Tom and I uh, started back in late 2009 because we didn't really like what most of the firms were out there were doing. Well, that's not fair. What we said was we want to do all the we want to do things the way we want to do them, like any business owner does, right? Not that anybody else doing it bad. I want to do it this way. We looked at all the things we liked from other firms and let's 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 incorporate those. And we decided to not incorporate all the things we hated. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Like, are we are we selling indexed annuities? Oh no, we're not. No. No, uh-uh. Are our, oh, our, oh, our office it. doors open before 11 o'clock in the morning? No. 11 to 1 every day. That's it. <laughs> Short hours. <laughs> I was reading the Wall Street Journal this morning, yeah. and I went through, and I was counting the number of stories that had to do with investing. It's smaller and smaller. And this is the Saturday. It's one. It was one. Yeah. One. One. Well, no, because on the back page of the, that's the you don't read oh, it that way. Oh, you like but the journal report? They do. And, the, yes, they always online. do the market and blah, blah. Here's what happened last week and blah. That's but a, that's, that's not thing. investing. Yeah, okay. That's market behavior. You can you yeah. can define it. it. No, it's not really about how to invest. It's not really about things to avoid when you do invest. No, that's true. Is it of any help to any investor to look at what the market no, did yesterday? It shouldn't be. And by the way, the one article that you should have read today, if you read the Wall Street Journal, is written by the guy that we think you should read yep, almost that every week. Was, that was the one article. Yeah, and it's still, just when I read it, it's still, it, it, it's honestly, it's one of those things that shocks me. It, it really does because we've we, the group, all of us that are here, that are listening, we've been through this, but apparently it just it doesn't resonate. And what we're talking about is you in a 401k plan, which should be about saving for your retirement, right? This is the money and fewer and fewer people get pensions. So the, the money you need to set aside to finance your years after you quit working, that should be invested in a widely diversified, low-cost portfolio for your need for return within how much volatility you can take. And yet so many of you, Shocking numbers. Almost half of the money, for example, in the Costco 401k plan. That's really surprised me. Almost half of the, I think is over 40%, is invested in, f- invested in Costco stock. Now, 417 I love Costco dearly. I mean, I, I was lucky to, to interview Jim Senegal for many years on TV. Love the company. Just went there last night for full for full disclosure. Yeah, I, I, I buy way too much I, stuff I do there. too. I, it's a great firm, right? It's, it seems to be run well. And I love the fact that they put the employees and the customers well ahead of what they care about Wall Street. That's terrific. No argument. But why would you take all, if you work there, why would you say my job's dependent on this company and my retirement? Why put all those eggs in one basket? Number two, here's the part of the article that I forgot, Don, until he pointed out again. Half of the publicly traded companies, half in their entire lifetime of being publicly traded companies, have made less as stocks than just putting the money in cash. Let me say that again. Only half of the firms that you could have invested, you might be working at one of those and putting it in that firm today have I made want to more come than back cash. To that. Oh, I want to come back to that point. I want to come back to that point in just a little bit because there is a bigger issue associated with the fact that half the firms out there made less than cash. There's a huge investing lesson in there. But I want to go back to these company 
plans and the abject stupidity of being heavily invested in your own company's stock. This is not bright. And this is an example from the story. That's that about Jason the nicest Zweig I've wrote. ever heard you describe that, by the way. Not bright. I think it could be a little stronger there. 51% of all of the money invested in Kroger's, Ugh. the grocery chains, yep. uh, employee savings plan, 52.9% of the stock is in Kroger, or the, of the funds are in Kroger stock. Well, the shares of Kroger fell a great deal just last week, and the in, the employees of their entire fund, this was like a crash, like a market crash yeah. for their retirement fund. They lost 7% in two days of their entire portfolio just because of a drop, and it wasn't even a horrible drop in Kroger stock. This well, 26%, that's pretty horrible. But but it's not like they went to zero like an Enron or something. No, no. Uh, but, and by the way, the reason that they went down is because Amazon, it appears, is going to be a bigger player in the grocery business, right? I mean, that was so bang, that means the other guys in the business, things don't look good. But the point is, number one, concentration is a bad philosophy at any time. Number that's two, the, my point. The, but number two is because we believe this. We're in this company. We know this company. We know, we feel like we're inside and somehow I trust it because I work here. Yeah, I find confidence people have in their, their own firm because they work there. And, and part of this survey that we were just talking about that looked at, the, Sherwin-Williams, by the way, is the worst. Sherwin-Williams apparently is painting their employees right into the corner because 65% of, <laughs> thank you, that was yours. I stole that was it from a you. good line. Yeah. Okay. Because 65%, <laughs> two-thirds of the money in the retirement plan is in Sherwin-Williams stock. So, I mean, that's outrageous. But, I mean, and, and just for full opportunity here in the Northwest to pick on everybody in the list, PACAR, a uh, great builder of trucks right in our region, they have uh, 44% of their, but, but here's the part that I find fascinating. They surveyed these people that have all this stock. Less than one third believe that they're, that owning one stock is riskier than owning the whole market. They believe that, no, there's no more risk in, in owning just in my company stock. That's crazy. But just think that through for a moment. Just think it through for, just rationally. Is it riskier to own one company or to own 12,000 companies? But Tom, it's That's, my company. I know, it's but I'm just saying, if, you, if, you're, if, if you're home listening, saying, yeah, you guys make a lot of sense, blah, 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 but I know Costco, because Costco's going to be here for, or Amazon, because, hey, I would have rather owned Amazon from 1997 through 2017 or 2016 when it's made over 30% a year, right? That's easy. It's And, and that's going straight to them. It has to keep going straight up, right? But just, just to, again, to argue, not to get into the specifics of the company, but think about risk. It has to be less risky to own thousands of companies than it is to own one. It has to Here, be. Here's the real meat under that underpins this, the, the, the foundation of, of this whole issue. Companies fall, rise and fall from favor. They rise and fall in, in, the, in, our, in our hearts and minds. And here's the great example since you used Amazon. Amazon is the largest online retailer in the world by far and on its way to becoming one of the largest retailers in the world. Yeah. But, but it wasn't very many years ago that there was another largest retailer in the world. <laughs> and when was the last time you went into a Sears store? I, I, well, I, I walked I, through I one because it was on the way out of the mall recently. I don't think I have been in a Sears store or even walked through a Sears store in at least 15 years. And you're a former employee and a I, couple of I times. I worked at, in, in yeah. the corporate headquarters in stores. I, I worked for Dean Witter when they were part of Sears. I was a big Sears advocate and Sears, I thought Sears was great. Matter of fact, in my company 401k, when I was in my 20s, what did I own primarily? Sears, Sears stock. stock. Yeah, of course.
of course. And that's done so, horribly. So just to go back to, because I believe when I read these numbers, these huge concentrations of company stock in company retirement plans, here's my belief. Very few people probably run out to buy the company stock. They end up with it when it's a match. So what should you do when the company matches in that company stock? Don't hold the stock. Okay. But I mean, that's the thing. Sell that, the stock. But people, And we'll talk about <laughs> people just saying, ah, I'll do it's that on gift. Monday. I'll get to that later. We'll talk about the cost it's of all that. It's free money. But you want Take to it sell it sell and it. then buy the diversified portfolio. And by the way, we're revamping. We're already working on revamping the entire 401-411 site. We're going through all the plans there and rebuilding. And we'll talk more about this next week when Paul Merriman joins us on the program. But we're revamping that. Oh, Paul's helping do that? Yeah, Paul's on board. He's helping. Anyway, so I don't think cool. I've told you about right. this because you've been out on the road for I've like 40 traveling. days and 40 nights or yeah, something. Well, so. you know, I had to escape the floods in exactly. the mountains. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestory.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. The biggest, biggest problem I think people have when it comes to investing is they feel like there is some complex jargon and knowledge that they need to participate, and they don't. Mo and Because that's the industry has sold them that for the last 80 years, that you got to hire somebody to pick the right company. You got to, we'll talk about Bill Miller a little later, I find that fascinating, but you got to, you got I mean, you got to, you got to find the guru, or you got to have the inside, right? You, As we said, maybe you work at that company, so you know really what's going on when the rest of the world does not really know what's going on. Or you have some insight from somebody else as to sort of when to be in the market, right? Like the last eight years and then when to be out of the market, which nobody nobody really knows. And you mentioned fees. I mean, this is fascinating that, uh, that more and more people, more and more of you listening have figured out that paying more to others means you keep less. I mean, and there's there's no way around this. People have, because it gets back to this whole thing, what you said, that, that the 
the industry wants to make this horribly confusing that you just give they, us your money. They're we'll, more valuable. Yeah, they well, appear more valuable. Absolutely. Instead of just owning an index fund. Well, I love the fact that so many of you have, have decided that, nah, that doesn't make sense. In fact, last year, $326 billion flowed out, went out of the high-cost actively managed mutual funds, and $429 billion went into low-cost index funds. And here's the other part that you need to know. Whether or not you truly believe that, as Don said, investing is this thing that nobody can figure out and they need to hire somebody to do it, or you say, I'll take what the market gives over the long haul. The numbers are astounding from this New York Times piece that uh, that you read that my brother, who is not money-oriented, sent to me, uh, I think it was yesterday. But here's a number that I think you should pay attention to. A well-known, one well-known calculation, this from the article from the Department of Labor, found that over 35 years, so those of you who are like 30 years old, right, who are thinking, ah, it doesn't matter, I'll pick a few funds. A difference in one percentage point, one percentage point between in each year, you make one or one percentage point less each year because you're paying more in fees or your asset allocation is improper, what it is, whatever it is, ends up changing the final value of your 401k account. Remember the money that's going to pay you in retirement by almost 30%. Now, is that important? Is 30, is that enough to get you to say, I better pay attention to this? Wait, 30%. That's a third. That's, that's like almost a third. a third. That's a whole lot it's of like money. A, it's a lot like a third. Yeah. So, All yeah. right, though. Now, now, wait, 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 though. I, I do want to uh, bring some clear because there's a lot of confusion about fees and I want to clarify yeah. the whole idea of fees because there are fees and then there are fees uh, and, and there are fees that because we can't there's nothing out there that you're going to get for free and anybody who tells you that you can become a great investor on your own for free is well I'm, okay you could pick stocks and own those yourself but the problem is you can't own enough of them to really build a diversified portfolio and that's still not yeah, going to be free but the but other thing here's cheap. where the confusion comes in I think I, I was talking to a young man last night uh, who had a bunch of mutual funds and he's you know I was telling what I believed and he goes oh I'm the same way and I said well what kind of funds do you have he goes well I went to a friend of my mom's and and he put me into some American funds and some Oppenheimer funds and, and I'm going okay you don't but believe here's the, the same deal. way stop no here's you don't the deal well but but here's the he, I said one you have active funds but that wasn't the issue actively the issue managed I, what, funds yeah actively managed funds I, I the issue I wanted to get to with him was you are paying about one percent per year for those funds but what are you getting for that one percent per year I can tell you one place I guarantee guarantee you're you're paying too much wait more. you can guarantee something? I guarantee this I guarantee wow. because you if you want to own the standard and poor's 500 index right. in a mutual fund 500 companies yes. that's it you can go to Charles Schwab now and pay three basis points mm-hmm. that pretty that's doggone three cheap one hundredths of one percent yeah pretty small okay um, that's, you can, that's about as close to free as you can yeah, get you can go to Vanguard and pay four basis points which yeah mm-hmm. okay still pretty doggone I mean that actually that's pretty reasonable but here no okay, wait let me finish but, let me finish all right because you could I, go I to Rydex gonna... you could go to Rydex I'm yeah. giving you a, a, the other side of the equation here. you could go to Rydex and own their uh the, here's the ticker R-Y-S-O-X the Rydex S&P 500 fund Rysox you could, it's a isn't that a yeah, baseball Rysox, team that's right. the Rysox the Rysox and guess what you pay there 1.55 percent a year on top of the uh, the sales fee of 4.75 percent so there's a way you could get so if, <laughs> no I mean I, I, I read that get I think no, it, it, it always reminds me that when you're buying gas, one gas station, and I just saw this the other day, charging $2.43 a gallon, the guy across the street charging $2.89 a gallon. And I'm thinking, is your ga- is it that much better? So anyway, I, 
Gotta say, I bet there weren't any cars at the two eighty nine. Nobody, pumps. and I'm thinking, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's one way I you think could Breaking save your bad, money. I think Breaking Bad. I think money laundering. <laughs> I, I think money laundering. I thought that was a, a car wash, but okay. Well, but it, you, you could do it with the gas station. That's true. Money kind of comes in. Okay. Gas I, I was that, talking right. to a family, uh, a couple of folks in in Cripple Creek, Colorado, which is a place where gambling is legal. It's an old gold mining town, and they legalize gambling to try to revive the economy and. Uh, Surprisingly uh, enough, one yeah. of the one of the the many of the casinos have shut down because it's at ten thousand feet and it's a long way from anything. But one you of don't the want to have thin down. air when you're trying to gamble. It's tough enough. So I, I was thinking, <laughs> if you want to get people to really stick with the gambling, yeah, have oxygen yeah. bars. Yeah. We can go up. Okay, oh, I, I can gamble better. again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, there was a there was a casino up there that uh, operated for many years, and they lost their gaming license because it turns out one of the primary equity partners was a Russian mob who was using it to launder money. Moving the money through there. Any place where cash moves Mm. in a gas station, Mm. cash moves. So nobody comes in. That's okay because they're showing that they're selling gas. It was a money launder. I think it's harder today, though, because so few people are using cash to buy anything anyway. But... You'd have to have a company swiping the card there was over and a, over again. There was an interesting story last week. Visa is going mm. out to restaurants yeah, I saw that. around the country and paying them up to ten grand to redo all of the to, to update all of their credit card equipment to go to no as, cash. As long as long as they agree to go yeah. no cash. Yeah, no cash. But here's the okay, back to that for a moment. I do See, I, we're talking real money. No, I for the life of me, I do not understand, and maybe it's just me. These credit card companies charge a ton of money for the transactions. Remember, I'm on the other end of the transaction because my wife's got this business where they they take right. credit cards. It's wildly right. expensive. Wildly Can you define expensive. wildly expensive? I think it's like three or four percent of the transaction. She's with the wrong company because if you know. go to somebody, if okay, you go to somebody like Stripe, if you go to Stripe, here I'll look it she up. She uses uh, well, I think you Square. know this. She uses Square. Square. Yeah. Where Square only charges one point nine five. Okay, two percent for any t- to use the co- that's crazy to me. Way too high for See, all the I volume. Look at it, no, I look much. at it. I look at it as handling cash. The whole process there. It's so difficult to handle cash. Like, like for example, from a merchant's perspective, if you're yeah. handling cash as a merchant, what is your internal cost of the handling, the counting, the security, the the person who has to go to the bank and deposit it? What does that cost you? I think sometimes people are being short sighted. Okay, but how much does it cost to swipe a card, have it electronically, this, 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 and then nothing? Come on, it doesn't cost. Two percent? No way! No, no, no. there's got to be a profit in there. <laughs> I'm talking. It's like my but kid who just got the on the bus for fifty though, bucks the other day. I was does like, Come it on, that's cost crazy. you to handle cash? Does it cost you somewhere in the vicinity of one or two percent? If it does, if handling cash has that kind of a cost associated yeah, with you it, got, you got a point, then the but... ease of credit, the ease of credit, uh, makes because for a customer, I rarely carry cash. I just don't have much cash on me. Uh, trying to think the, what the I got. The cards are very helpful. The only reason I have forty dollars in my wallet right now was because I did I did speculate over the weekend. Yeah, how did how did it come out? I did. I, I speculate. Oh, you have forty. I have forty four. I finally got more than you. This is a big day for me. <laughs> 
I have the Don McDonald gambling. This is my casino okay. system. Yeah, all right. This is my no-lose mm-hmm. casino system. Yeah, we're both I gambling never, this week because I did the horses last Sunday, too. I, well, so. I never lose money at a casino. No? Never. I have never lost money at a casino. Oh, this is your get-the-free-drink, blah, blah, blah thing, right? We okay. went to the bar in Cripple yeah. Creek, yeah. sat down at the poker mm-hmm. machines. We got each got $20 and $1 bills because yeah. they don't take quarters anymore in the machines. They don't, that made, most quarter. of them take cards now well, when we, I was in we, Vegas. We, we most of them didn't even take we that, were yeah. feeding we were feeding do- yeah. dollars in but only okay. betting a quarter at a time that too and, slow and commenting we're not there to make money we were there to get over the course <laughs> uh, of two hours i saw we those had, people in vegas Yuck. we had three free drinks <laughs> each i see where we're headed here for forty dollars all right okay so they weren't free we made but out. they were free got it okay well yeah. we paid forty dollars yeah. for three drinks okay. each what how much would you go to a bar and sit and have fun talking to someone right. and pay for three you pay forty dollars yeah definitely all right so I, get I, it. I lost no money. Okay. Good for you. That's but all back the gambling to the visa, I ever do. Wait a minute. How much did thing. you lose on the horses? No, I no, no. Know. I don't know. How much did I, you I, lose? I really have no idea. I, I did like three or four bets. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Because there uh-huh. were three there were three of us and your daughter was picking, you know, the one because it had the pink and black. And, I, you know, I was okay. That's because you're embarrassed to say, aren't you? And then on the last, the, last, the last race we stayed for, I put it all, whatever I had left, on a horse because it was the name of the guy I was there with. And it did not pay. That all, was right. It, so. all right. All right. I'm going to help you with one other helpful <laughs> I don't have a gambling tip. problem if that's where we're going with this. Apparently you I'm do. not Apparently a gambler. No, I'm no not. next time you go to the truck. I learned this from oh, gosh, uh, what? The, the head of- Oh, this is the, the head- long hair or the uh, urination no, thing? Which no, one? No, okay. this, I, no. This is actually practical. I learned okay. this from the from the head of, uh, of publicity for uh, the Kentucky Derby. All right. all right. And Randy, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Randy. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi, thanks for calling. What uh, can we do for you, sir? Sorry, I didn't hear feedback on my end. I was making sure we were good. We're good. Uh, what I'm curious about is I have a 401k. Well, I had one at my last job. I know an IRA because I left the job, so I had to move the 401k money to an IRA. But what about, can I have another IRA to open up or a simple or a SEP? I'm trying to make sure. Can I only have just one IRA? Or no, you could have more than one. And... You could have more yeah, okay. than one. I don't know Wait. why you would, but you could. Yeah, no, I think what I think, I see what you're getting at. Can you do more? That how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, you only can do 5,500 dollars well, a year. Well, now wait. If he does a simple or a SEP, you could do more depending well, now, on your that, wait, employment we're situation. Yeah. yeah. See, that's where it. You can only do 5,500 dollars in a regular or Roth IRA in total in a year. In total. Uh, so but, even if I had five IRAs, then I've, I've got to stop at 55. Okay, that's got it. You. you got yeah. it. You got it. That's the but government. If rule. you have self-employment income, yeah, that's a different matter. Then right. you. Get into the ability to fund from that income a SEP or a simple IRA. You can do an I four hundred one k too, by the way. Not an I four hundred one k. So you there are other options, but only if you have self employment income. Well, I have a business license, but right now I'm an hourly employee, so I'm then that won't really work. You would you would have to actually yeah you would actually have to on your tax return claim self employment income on a Schedule C. Yeah, is that right? C. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a tax C, attorney. I'm pretty right. sure it's Schedule C. Uh, uh, and if you right. don't have that, then uh, you're, you're no. There's you're not enough there to justify it. Yep. So I understand. Right. Okay. Okay, but so it, you're it's stuck. a I'm maximum sorry. about fifty five hundred. I'm yep. hearing it's yep. overall. So if I had five, I need to stop it. Whatever. Till you get really old. Till you get really old oh, like wait. us, and you could do sixty five hundred at age 50, but, fifty and holder. But, but now, Randy, Randy, let's. I, I need. There's another option that people kind of overlook, and it's not okay. as tax advantage. But for example, let's say you're going to do a 
and this is only for as an example. This is for illustrative purposes only. You're going to do a 50-50 portfolio. You want a, you want to put another $5,500 into your retirement portfolio, but you 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 can only put 5500 in a, in an IRA. You're going to put 50% stock, 50% in bond, okay? Put all right. your bonds in your Roth IRA because those will be No wait, you just said put all income. your Oh, ball, no, listen, listen. Okay. Hold all right. on. Waiting. Put all your bonds in your Roth IRA yeah. because they will grow tax-free. All of those dividends, all that income will grow tax-free. Then sure. put your other put that. another $5500 in a globally diversified mutual fund because they grow tax-deferred. All of those capital gains that they don't they don't pay out to you continue to accrue right. without taxation and whenever they do pay you something, it's going to be in the form of a capital gain which is taxed at a maximum probably in your bracket of 15%. If you had right. bonds right. outside of the 401k, you'd get taxed at your ordinary income rate on all the distributions from that. Okay. You lost so me on the Roth part. I mean, a Roth should be the riskier assets because it no. grows tax-free. No, the Roth should be the more taxed assets. Yeah, we're going to have to the talk about heavily... this off the air because I, I, no, I'm no, no. disagreeing with you here about that. Well, no, but think about it for a minute. I, no, this is actually a good disagreement, Randy. Okay. Think about it for just a minute. A Roth IRA, a Roth IRA yeah. if you've got your bonds in there and they're paying out their 2 or 3 or 4% dividends you every get, year. You get the same thing in the IRA. That's tax-deferred. No, I know. I know. But if you put those bonds outside of the IRA well, or the Roth IRA. Okay, yeah. Then you're going to pay tax on them. I got that. But right, generally right. speaking, generally speaking, for most people, it makes sense to take more risk in the Roth because that's growing tax-free. Bonds are less risky and lower growth than stocks. But what, I'm just saying you can use I, the stock portfolio. Using a stock portfolio, though, as a regular place to put money without being under the shelter is still tax sheltered. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. Okay. I think, but I think what people in, are hearing is put bonds in Roth and put stocks well, in. Well, if, though, if you had, for example, a 50-50 portfolio, instead yeah. of putting your bonds outside of your Roth, put them in your Roth so you don't have to pay taxes on those and have all your tax advantage, get the tax advantages of the stock market, of yeah, the capital I got it. gains I mean, market. And the other thing, for somebody at 30 you should have very little in bonds. I mean, generally right, speaking, right. because you've got a long time, you need them to grow. Does that help? Well, no, that does help, but I guess I'm leery to get into much because I have enough other student loans and even some credit cards and stuff. I, and you, I, you know, pay I, that pay high interest. Yep, so. yep, pay those high interest, especially oh, the higher interest. Always rates. get so, rid of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's why it's like, a, God, I'd love to throw more in my retirement and get into that, but it's I'm wasting more money doing those things, so let's get rid of and those. Also, Go, go get yourself, go that. set up an Acorns account. Go to acorns.com yep. and set up an account there and just use the equity products there and that'll give you an additional savings that you won't even notice you're doing. Good I luck, love, Randy. Yeah, we no, I mean, that, but just to get back to kind of the financial plan, if you have high interest rate debt, like credit cards or unsecured loans or something like that, you're going to want to pay those down before you probably even start saving for retirement. Because if you're paying 10, 15, 18%, it makes no sense to be putting money into stocks and hoping to make 8 or 10%. Right. No, get rid of the high interest debt first, always. That's just a, it's, that's a law of money. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. 
Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And we are indeed, and we do it with you every Saturday from noon until 2 on the West Coast because we're in Seattle live on Saturdays on KOMO. And, uh, but if you're on the East Coast listening to the podcast, call us between 3 and 5 at 877-397-5666. Mark, you're next. Welcome. Hi, Mark. Hi. Um, can you guys hear me okay? We hear you great. Absolutely. Great. Um, so, uh, long podcast listener, first time caller. Um, <clears throat> so, my, my question is um, I'm 55. I probably have to work somewhere between five and 10 more years based on my personal situation before I can retire. Um, I am uh, a pretty high risk guy. I took your online risk quiz and I think I scored a 75. That's pretty good. And okay. my question, That's pretty good. My question is um, I guess, am I properly diversified in my 401k and so um if, if you want i can give you kind of give what us a couple of tickers are. yeah or something give us a little bit yeah give, give us some stuff okay so the, the way it breaks down and and uh i work for a large aerospace company in the pacific northwest but they use uh, a company i think they're called financial engine yeah we know we know the company we know the plan mm-hmm. so um it says i'm three percent cash eight percent bonds 26 percent large cap 18 percent mid small cap 24 percent international and then uh 21 percent individual equity okay so the last part we're going to sell we're going to tell you that you shouldn't Whoops. do that because we started the program off talking about people that own that have significant amount of company stock in their 401k plan is that by is that on you're gonna purpose? guess what stock that is <laughs> well I, I i i won't say the company Pretty if he doesn't sure want us I to know. but yeah. is are, do you own that firm for a reason or is that tell us why you own your company stock? So um, of my company stock, I own about 10%, but the way this works is I can include um, outside um, IRAs in this overall analysis. And so I I own, uh, my wife has an IRA um, that she moved her 401k stuff into that IRA. And then I have also have a IRA. And you have company stock in those two outside plans? No, I I, I don't. I have a a very small part of a very small Tell amount of company right. stock outside of the hey, 401k. Yeah, that's about. what that I think that's what the question. Hold on, hold on just a minute, Mark. We've got to run to take care of some news and stuff. But here's the the question: that individual stock that you have, one, is that in your retirement plan at work, and two, you don't have to say the company, but is it one company or is it multiple Tom companies? Are talking real money? Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and 
in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor and constantly Constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. We're talking to Mark right now about his portfolio, and is it diversified enough? And our one big question is, why so much in individual stocks? Tom? Mark, tell us yeah, about so, the reason why you own individual equities. Um, so I guess main reason is I'm pretty much a buy and hold kind of guy, and I got into this um, oh, 25, 30 years ago. And so I've bought stock. Um, some I haven't done very well on. Others I've done pretty good on. On. And so um, I just have outside of my uh, company 401k, I have about 10 stock. And inside I, but, but just to stop you for a moment, I believe I believe you said that 25 percent of your holdings were in individual, mm-hmm. individual stocks. Did stocks. I hear that correct? 21 percent. 21 percent. So one fifth of the money. We do not use for our clients, nor do we recommend, nor do we believe you should own them for the following reasons. Number one, there is no suggestion that the ones that you have picked when you may have been very bright about this will do better than a broad market. Number two, by owning so few equities as a major part of your overall portfolio, you're taking a ton more risk. Number three, and we mentioned this earlier in the show, which is fascinating to me, 50%, 50% of the publicly traded companies over their lifetime of being publicly traded companies have made less than cash. Not picking on you, but but that would be one big change. Number two, in the plan that you're in at work, here would be my suggestions. We know the plan well. It's at our website, 401411.com, but it's going to change. Don doesn't even know this. This is brand new information. I'm I'm not kept in the All right, here we go. 10% I would put in the S&P 500 fund. 30% would go in the Russell 2000. See, Don's going, what is that? I'll tell you about it in just a minute. 20% would be in the international fund. This is 60-40, kind of a balanced approach, which since you're five to 10 years from retirement, wouldn't be bad. 10% in the S&P, 20, uh, what did I say? 30% in the Russell 2000, 20% in international, 15 or pardon me, 25, I think I have this right. Hang on, hang on. Hang on yeah, you, you want to no. check your notes again? I, yeah. I, I, just, 25% I sure in the inter, 25% in the intermediate bond fund and 15% in the short-term bond, in the stable value fund. Here's why. So you end up with a greater amount in the U.S. Generally, we tell people to balance between the U.S. and international. But in this case, because you cannot get any small or value companies in the international fund, basically, we say, ah, we're going to shift that. You're going to own more small in the U.S. so that your overall portfolio has a greater exposure to that asset class. There's one change we're going to be making.
liking to the I, I, I haven't even shared this with Don because he's been out on the road for it's okay. years and mind. days. Anyway, I and, and Paul it. Merriman will be talking more about this because this is a project we're doing with Paul. But that's what I would do in the company plan. Here's the other one I think for you, honestly, if you're within five to ten years of retirement, mm-hmm. my suggestion would be to go see somebody, a fee only uh, advisor. You, I mean, you could pay for one meeting. You probably get one free just to say, here's where I am. Here's where I'm trying to go. Am I doing the right things? I know you're you're getting some help from financial engines, but I would go to a fee-only registered investment advisor to get some help like that. Don? I yes, nothing to this add. This is a first. I want everybody to hear that. Is nothing to <laughs> No, I will add, though, about oh, okay. the individual I knew stocks. I, I, and I do, I do want to make this point to not just to you, Mark, but to everybody listening. The vast majority of the returns from the, the, the global stock market come from a handful of stocks. And none of us, not you, not me, not the guys in New York, none of them are smart enough to pick those few stocks. So the trick is owning all the stocks so you have the, the really great ones along with the typical portfolio that most people have of mediocrity. So you have your mediocres and your bads and your goods, and your goods really are the ones that really make you the money. So Thanks, diversification Mark. makes a lot more sense, and there's not a lot of, there's not as much, nearly as much risk involved. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at talkingrealmoney.com under the video link. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. In the with the last caller, yeah. I mentioned that the it's hard for anybody. It's in fact it's impossible for anybody to pick winning stocks consistently. Sometimes they do, and by listening to or reading the financial press, I can see why you might think that there are these brilliant people out there. And if I just hire them, oh my gosh, I'm going to do like Bill Miller did. Oops. And Bill Miller, what? Bill Miller's his opportunity fund was was a huge. <laughs> Huge winner in the past year, right? Well, and before that, remember he beat the S and P 500 for 14 straight years, right? When he was a leg, he was the guy. Now they failed to mention that he didn't own stocks that were like those in the S and P 500. He, you know, he was a value manager, so he was the the, the matchup with the benchmark was not correct. But but, but what, what, what and then he went out of favor. Then he went out of favor. But 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 he just was he just yep. won an award for like what the best fund for a well, year or it's something. The Wall Street Journal's winners circle 
contest, Don. Yeah. The okay. best stock fund performance over 12 months because if you bought, and by the way, when they talk about the performance, you always got to remember you got to buy it the day they said to buy it, and you got to sell it the day they said to sell it. Or you oh, didn't wait, get I've that. Got some, I've got some numbers. <laughs> just that, Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you hear this first number, and yeah. you're going to go, I want that fund. Give me that. Give me that. The 12 months ending June 30th, The yeah. uh, and you can go look the fund up. L-M-O-P-X-L-M-O-P-X, the Miller Opportunity Trust. Uh, 12 months ending June 30th, a return of 48.55%, almost 49%. Sign me up. That is great, yep. Bill. Good job, Bill. Here's the rub. And you know, you don't even mind, you, if you make 48%, you don't mind paying the 2.13% <sighs> annually is that what in it is? fund expenses. Woo! 2.13%. Better make 48%. But, but maybe we should look back a little farther. What do you think? Is, yeah. is one year indicative of the past? Well, Morningstar lets you look back 15 years, and not many funds have a 15-year track record. <laughs> 15 years is a pretty good, that gives you a reasonable indication of how a fund might do. A little bit better. The more data, the better, I think. The longer the time. Indeed. So Bill Miller's Opportunity Fund, C, over the past 15 years, has returned an average of 8.5% per actually 8.4% per year. That's pretty good, too. Well, unless you actually compare that to the S&P 500. I don't know what that's done. 8.97. Oh, okay. Without having to do a thing or pay 2.13% per year. Good point. 2.13. And here's one of the bigger rubs of them all. How many stocks does Bill Miller hold? Oh, he always has a very concentrated portfolio. I know that. The S&P 500, we know that. That number. How many stocks in the S and P five hundred, John? 500. 500. Thank you. Bill Miller's Opportunity Fund 33 stocks. Ooh, so which one is riskier then? Oh, gosh. Well, we can also look at another risk statistic, which is a thing called standard deviation. Yeah. How much things the go up and they go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lower the number, the less volatile the investment. So the S&P 500 over 15 years, Tom, has a volatility rating or a standard deviation of 14%. Yeah, it's about what it's been for the last 50 years. Yeah. 14, too, 15, mm-hmm. 16, yep. somewhere in that ballpark. Yep. You, want, you want to hazard a guess as the I, Bill Miller I'm standard say deviation? twice as much. You pretty much nailed it. Right. 27% standard deviation. Yeah, so. so over a long period of time, even though he was named the best performing fund for the past 12 months, if you stayed in the fund for 50, if you'd been in it for 15 years, you would have actually underperformed the S&P 500, paid more in fees, had a much higher degree of concentration risk of companies actually going out of business and destroying your portfolio, and a substantially higher level of volatility you would have had to stomach. In other words, you're riding that roller coaster that makes you want to throw up at times. And, but here's the good news. You would have gotten to own oh, Wayfair. Good news? You would have owned the company called Wayfair, which is up 90% over the last 12 months, supplied a lot of the, the great return of that stock. I mean, that fund. Now, was that brilliant <laughs> or was that luck? Well, if it was brilliant, okay. if it was brilliant, it would have happened every year we over the past 15 years. And we can't and just pick didn't. on Bill because Samantha McLemore, who is his uh, co-manager, she's the one who came up with the Wayfair idea. Well, and I like Wayfair. I don't know, I don't the know company. about their stock. I don't, I don't you the do company. because you're going to be looking at their furniture when you get in the new office oh. in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's a good point. All right. Now you're ready. Yeah, we well, bought all... yeah, that's true. We did buy it from Well, them, we're the we? frugal firm. Okay, okay, we've stepped up one notch. <laughs> we're no longer doing Ikea furniture well, no, in the office. We still have some Ikea furniture. It's not all but, going but away. But for our new office, well. we've actually stepped up to Wayfair cheap furniture. By the way, somebody, somebody came in 
yesterday. Somebody came in yesterday. He's had a very successful life in business. Very successful. Sold a, a, a business for a lot of money recently. And he looked around and he said, yeah, I like this. He remembered when some big corporation came into his business and said, get rid of all that crap and put all this stuff in. And they in, in, in the business operator said, how much? And they told him it was like $10 million. He said, no, no, we're no. good the way we are. Thanks a lot. We don't no. need to add all that expense on. So he, he liked well, our, I don't, our frugal I don't get why people, it's I don't get why people feel they have to have. And I, I've heard it said that if you have an expensive looking office with a $10,000 table in the CEO's office or whatever, that people, they aspire to be like like you baloney right. it's their flipping money yeah that's you exactly what he's spending said. the client's yeah. money on ridiculous stuff yeah. Only, yes you should spend the client's money on stuff so you can do their the job you're trying to do for them that's reasonable for example you, we were talking earlier about uh, putting in a video conferencing system mm -hmm. so we could talk with our other advisors around the country and me maybe get me involved yeah, i don't know uh, and i was looking cisco has a video conferencing system that costs about 15 to twenty thousand dollars yeah, yeah that and that's what they have it a lot work. of places, whereas I was looking at one from Logitech on Amazon. Oh, there's a well-known company. <laughs> it does all the same things, does yeah. all the same things, yeah. but it does it for $1,200. All right, I'll now, vote for that one. Which one are responsible for a buy? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, even in my new office, which I'm really excited about, I was over there last week, uh, Thursday, looking around. It's basically done. We're right, we're moving in two weeks. Two weeks, it's coming. Oh, I know. But uh, in, even in the I'll new office, the move. with the new furniture, my, de my, uh, my, my new table will be under five thousand. I'm not going to go above five. It's too much. So you don't. I just measured your office. You don't <laughs> have no room. room for a table. I know. It's There's sad. no room for it. I know. Oh well. You know, you you might get a a uh, an occasional table in the corner. <laughs> Good point. You can set a beverage on. Yeah. But are you getting a table? No. Use a conference fit. room. Yeah, get okay. over it. I'll be back in the incubator in the back with the IKEA furniture. Right. That's where we're putting the IKEA furniture. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't care about our office. But we are yeah. going to be moving into a new office. And just a little tease, so you can. And save the date, uh, August nineteenth. Just write that down on your. Yeah, calendar. we're not going to let. I mean, we're not going to let. We're not going to have very many people. We can't invite everybody. We can. I don't think so because we're having our clients there too. So there's a limit we to the still number can. of people. They can okay. come by. All right. Okay. Why can't they come by? Uh, we're going to do the show well, live at our new yeah, office. I don't see why they can't come okay. by. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to make the whole office open. It's an open house. They can come in and visit. Okay. So we got to hide everything away and lock everything down. We won't have anything yet in the <laughs> office. Hide everything well, come away. Come on. Yeah, we will. What do we have? I we have Wayfair cheap office furniture. So what if somebody carries one of those out of there or something? You know how much those particle board desks weigh? Have you ever tried lifting one of those? No, I have That's not. why we have people coming to do that. Exactly. Because exactly. my back and your uh, back would not happen. take it. So that's the 19th of August. Yeah, so 19th of August. Just keep fun. that on your calendar. We'll yep. give you more information on that because we would like to have folks come by and see the show, yep. ask questions, that kind of stuff. It'll yeah, be fun. Yeah. Okay. It'll be fun. So I'm getting back on the road. I'm heading from Colorado to Salt Lake City. So come out and see me at Salt Lake City. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at Retire Meet online right now 
free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you didn't get a chance to call in to get your free subscription to Real Investing Journal, but you would still like to get a year of the best magazine for real investors, no speculation, no fluff, no business news. It's Real Investing Journal. comes out four times a year. It's regularly 25 bucks. But if you use the discount code K-O-M-O, huh, K-O-M-O, Como, you will get $10 off. So you'll take it down to 15 bucks. So go to realinvestingjournal.com. Use the discount code Como. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a family registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.